This week's episode of Trek Geeks is brought to you by Fansets, the place for amazing pin collectibles. They have close to 200 officially licensed Star Trek pins to choose from, with new pins coming out every month. See all the pins and collectibles they have to offer at fansets.com, and stay tuned for this week's special Trek Geeks discount code. Fansets, we are Star Trek. Hi, this is Andy Robinson, Elam Garrick on Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and you are listening to the biggest little podcast this side of the Gamma Quadrant. It's the Trek Geeks podcast with Dan Davidson and Bill Smith. Failure to tune in would not sit well with the Obsidian Order. Time Travel Division and the Merchandise Archive at Podfleet Command. It's the biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant, the flagship of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Trek Geeks. I'm your co-host, Bill Smith. This is episode number 170. <laughs> I, I laugh every time I say it because I'm still amazed that people download us, but we are grateful that you do. We thank you for spending a little bit of your day with us. And of course, by we, I do mean my co-host and I, you know... I've had a whole bunch of collectibles in my life, and stupidly, I sold many of them at a yard sale when I was about 12, and if my co-host had been around at that time, I probably would have sold him too, just because I could. He's the deep discounted and uh, in very low demand Dan Davidson, and Dan, welcome aboard, buddy. It's good to talk to you. Wow, I get that kind of introduction, but if memory serves, on the topic of collectibles, I got you a collectible of you in a Starfleet uniform, and that's the introduction I get. Thanks. Yeah, pretty much. All right, good. It's good to be here. How are you? <laughs> Great, buddy. How are you? <laughs> I, I'm good. Getting over my bronchitis. I still have a little bit left, but you know what? The Trek Geek Show must go on, so here we are. We're going to have a great conversation talking about Star Trek collectibles, as we have alluded to a little bit here. And and it's the conversation I've been looking forward to for a long time. We actually were going to do this a couple of months ago, but we had to shuffle schedules around due to guests and stuff like that. So we finally had the time to talk about it. And I got to tell you, man, Going through the list of things that I've had and have and want to have, there's a lot of Star Trek stuff out there, buddy. <laughs> oh, my word. It's And it's only become <laughs> more pervasive in our lives and, and in in retail <laughs> shopping excursions than uh, than it ever has been uh, and it's it's amazing to me you know, think 25 30 years ago when we were looking for Star Trek stuff you had to look high and low oh yeah I mean, it, it just it, it wasn't as in your face as it is now you couldn't just get online and go to Amazon and and find the next cool Star Trek thing you you haven't had yet sure so uh, it's it's these are pretty amazing times we live in and there's some pretty great stuff out there I mean there's some pretty weird stuff out there too kind of mm-hmm. like your face but oh see what i did there yeah i saw it all right 
Yeah, hits you right in the face like a garden rake. It's yeah. awesome. Boing. <laughs> but uh, but so many collectibles and you know Dan I get the sense that there are a bunch of people out there whose collections are as vast and as uh, different than ours are. Um, how might they tell us some of what they have in in their divine treasuries? Well, oh, oh I like that. Very Thank you. nice. Very Thank very you. nice. Hey, you're, you're you're smart. You make things go. You know, it's just so easy to get in touch with us to let us know about those collections. Just head right on over to trekgeeks.com/contact and you'll find a variety of ways to get in touch with either Bill or myself. You can leave us a voicemail, you can Skype chat us, you can fill out the contact form and type us out a personalized message. Or you can click on that big, giant, bright blue button on the right-hand side of the website and leave us a message with your very own mellifluous voice using SpeakPipe. And as, as always, please don't forget the place to be on Facebook these days is the official Trek Geeks Facebook group, Camp Kittimer. Bring your Trek talk, your Trek picks, and your Trek love over to that site and join almost 1,300 other friends talking all things Trek and all things positive Trek. Don't forget every Friday, it's the Friday Commute Celebration where Bill and I will do our weekly lip sync, especially for our campers. To join that group, just head right on over to facebook.com slash groups slash Camp Kittimer and be ready to take part of a truly wonderful social experience. We do want to always thank our wonderful admins, Jackie and Dan, for the amazing job they do running the camp. And we also want to take a special moment this week to welcome our newest admin, our dear friend, Haley Stardart. Haley, thank you so much for joining the group. We uh, tr- we really hope that everyone welcomes her with open arms as they have done so far and uh, enjoy the camp, people. But please remember that any comments or messages that you leave us in any of these places may be used in a future episode. <laughs> you like that <laughs> <laughs> i was i was just waiting for you to 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 faint from lack of oxygen <laughs> but truth be told i've been waiting that for 25 years boom boom I can't wait to see how this part's going to go. Dan, it's time for the news from treknews.net. Spanning the Alpha Quadrant. For all the news on all the Star Treks, yo. It's treknews.net. That was pretty good. Wow. Online at treknews.net. Now, if you had bet that Dan was going to break into a coughing fit during that theme, uh, you would have been wrong. That, that really took a lot. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> like a lot. Uh, Dan, uh, not a whole lot of news this week, but a couple of, of definitely uh, important stories. Up first, it looks like the new yet as unnamed Picard series has added a couple of cast members. Yes, our friends over at treknews.net did drop this story recently that uh, the Picard series has finally cast a couple of people. Santiago Cabrera and Michelle Hurd will be joining uh, Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick Stewart, uh, Stewart in the new Jean-Luc Picard series. Um, according to what we're seeing, uh, Cabrera will play the pilot of Picard's ship and Hurd will play a former intelligence officer with a history of drug and alcohol abuse. 
So we're getting right into that big cheery part of Star Trek that everybody loves as soon as that new Picard series opens. <laughs> well, um, you know, who knows? You know, maybe this person isn't human. That's true. That's that's you true. Know. Yeah. Um, Michelle Hurd is known for her work as Monique Jeffries on Law and Order Special Victims Unit. She's also been in Ash versus Evil Dead. And she's also been seen as DA Samantha Reyes on Jessica Jones and Daredevil. Um, as we know, there's no title for this uh, new project yet or release date, but uh, we're sure we're going to be getting more casting news uh, as the weeks uh, draw on here in the spring. And uh, we will be sure to bring all those announcements to you. We absolutely will. I'm a, I, I think it's great that this show is going to be filming in California. I think that's mm, good news. True. Yes. Um, I'm interested to see, you know, uh, if there's any aliens among these two casting uh, announcements. True. I, uh, I think that would be fantastic. I'd love to see a new species, maybe one we're not accustomed to. Um, or maybe it'll be a species that we've been seeing for a while. Oh, could be. We, we know that, you know, this takes place after the destruction of Romulus. Mm-hmm. Maybe Michelle Hurd's going to be a Romulan. We don't know. We'll see. I did. For, my, my apologies. I did also forget to say that Santiago Cabrera is best known for his character Isaac Mendez on Heroes. I didn't yes. know that. And uh, he was Lancelot in the BBC series Merlin. Uh, he's also been a couple other things like Santos and Transformers: The Last Night. And you could re- most recently see him as Darius Tans on Salvation. So both of them had a lot of acting credits to their name. So uh, I'm glad that they've started to uh, announce these uh, new cast members for the Picard series. It's 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 real, yo. Uh, yeah, it, it really is real for those people thinking it was never going to happen. Um, these are the types of things that, uh, that start to get announced as it pushes closer to production. So that's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan, and then I guess lastly, but not leastly, um, it looks like some group photo ops have been added to Star Trek Las Vegas, which is now coming up as we record this in 141 days. Not, not, not that anybody's counting, but yeah, now that a lot of the ticket packages are available, now the photo ops and autographs are starting to be announced. And there's some interesting group photo ops that are being added to STLV this uh, this summer. Of course, the captain's package, which they have announced so far, contains William Shatner and Kate Mulgrew. So that'll be kind of cool. I would really love it if they throw Anson Mount in there, just saying, mm. since he's going to be there. Also, interestingly enough, the Doctor's group photo op with Gates McFadden, Alexander Siddig, Robert Picardo, and John Billingsley is going to be available, as well as the Q continuum. And I know that you're looking forward to that one, Bill. John Delancey, Susie Plaxon, Olivia DeBow, and Corbin Burnson, along with Garrett Graham, will be available. So you can take your picture with all of the Q. Is it all of the Q or all of the Qs? Um, I'm going to say all of the Q. All right, all of the queue. And on that queue, one of the other things that's going to be available, which I'm actually interested in, is a photo op with Nana and Renee. And I don't even have to say their last names because you just no, know. And that's, really that's awesome. There are going to be several other group photos available. I just wanted to throw a few of them out there. But uh, it's kind of cool. They've kind of been building these group photo ops over the last few years. And it looks like this year they've got a whole bunch coming down the road. I'm I'm pretty excited by the doctor's one. I won't partake of that one myself, but I'd love to see them add Wilson Cruz to that. I think that yes. would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the Q one is great. Uh, you know, we've never seen that collection of actors together in a photo op before. Right. Um, I don't even know if they've been all together at the same convention before. Good point. Um, so I guess we will find out. Uh, but that is all good stuff. I can't wait for STLV. It. Um, it, uh, it needs to get here soon. <laughs> 100, 141 days. 
141 days. I can only hope that they're going to add more discovery photo ops. I mean, they've been adding the discovery people later mm-hmm. um, as as they get closer to the convention. I have to believe there's going to be a huge discovery presence. I have to believe we're going to see something of the Picard series. Um, but I suppose time will tell, won't it? It will. Uh, it, they always seem to to save the biggest announcements for last. Uh, I'm sure we're going to see a lot more discovery as the summer draws closer. I think right now it's just Anson, if, if memory serves, um, is going to be there. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, it's going to be awesome no matter what. So, Dan, anybody with a Netflix account might have watched uh, an episode or two of the Netflix original series, The Toys That Made Us, which is a fascinating look at various lines of toys and and eras of toys and toy manufacturing. And I believe it was the season two premiere, which we saw quite a bit ago, Mm -hmm. was all about Star Trek toys. And I thought it was one of the most fascinating hours of television regarding Star Trek that I've watched in a long, long time. That could have easily been its own series. Mm -hmm. And I think that there was plenty there that fans would have been stunned by. What do you think? I think it was, it was an amazing episode. You actually told me about it. I hadn't heard about it. You said that, Oh, you got to watch this. It's amazing. And, and it just goes to show that, People will do anything to try to make money, even if it means taking something that has nothing to do with Star Trek, putting a Star Trek sticker on it and selling it as Star Trek. And it works. <laughs> and yeah, that's a that's something the toy industry has done for decades, mm. probably less now. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly back then, you know, you have a toy that doesn't move as well. You change up the labeling on it and repackage it because that's a minor investment and see if you can get rid of that. And it's uh, like the start, like the Enterprise helicopter toy. <laughs> <laughs> or the, you know, parachuting Starfleet officer. <laughs> yes. Oh, we're going to talk about that later, actually. But absolutely. Oh. It, it, it was a, it, like you said, it's it was a fascinating fascinating hour of, of television and anybody who has not seen it if you don't have netflix go get a 30-day preview just to watch this and if you do have it go check it out because it really really is eye-opening on how they decided to do marketing for star trek back in the day and yeah. of course as time has progressed and star trek has has become such a phenomenon uh, since the original series, of course, the marketing and the amount of money that's brought in now on collectibles is just at a level we've never seen before. But it all started with, like you said, the Star Trek tank and and the Star Trek racing set and stuff like that. It it really is a cool a cool episode of television. Everybody should check it out. Boy, the seventies were a weird time, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, yeah, a little bit. But you know, we were kids in that era. You know, very mm-hmm. you know, like elementary school age and. We got to see some products that, you know, were parts or staples of our childhood. And we're going to talk about some of that up front. We're going to do this in a few different sections. Uh, items we had as kids, items we wished we'd had as kids. And then uh, then we're going to talk about items that we've collected as adults. Because I don't know about you, my tastes and my collection have certainly changed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then things we still want. You know, maybe some <laughs> of these are... You know, or like unicorns to us that we want and may never get. But um, but let's uh, let's 
start back and you know, we'll get in the way back machine. We'll time travel back to the 1970s. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I got to tell you, one of my fondest memories as a kid growing up in Manchester, New Hampshire, was in the middle of summer. My mom would take, you know, either like high C or Hawaiian punch and she would make, you know, uh, popsicles in the freezer. Mm-hmm. And she had a Tupperware set that would do that. Mm-hmm. But at one point she <laughs> bought something I wish I still had to this day. Yeah. Star Trek freezicles. Oh my God. They were molds that looked yeah. like various characters. There was Kirk, there was Spock, there was Scotty. And wasn't there like Chekhov? I, I don't remember. I just remember, I remember Spock and Kirk mostly. Um, I remember that. I, I remember Spock. I would always either get Spock or Scotty first, it seemed. But uh, that was, that's one of my most treasured memories as a kid was yes. getting one of those Star Trek freezicles. I had them as well. And I love them. Like, like you said, we used to have just like the regular, regular popsicle looking one with the red little circular handle and you put it in, you put the liquid in and then you put that on the top and you freeze it. I used to love trying to figure out new things to freeze. And when we got these Star Trek freezicles, I remember distinctly using orange carbonated soda and, <laughs> and Coke and trying to figure out how much to put in the mold because it was going to expand because it was carbonated. And that's one of the memories, one of the earliest memories I have of Star Trek stuff was those freezicles and making frozen soda out of them. <laughs> wow. I'm stunned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, my mom would always use like high sear or Hawaiian punch simply because it was sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was cheap. You could get the cans of it, you know, the big cans that you'd have to sure. notch with a can opener. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and you know, she could just freeze them and, you know, later that day I would have a popsicle and it was cheap for her because we had nine yep. kids in my family growing up. Wow. Um, oh yeah, totally. Mm. And so wow. these were all for me. I have no idea what happened to this set. I forgot about these freezicles until somebody posted an image of it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I had that. Yeah. And it's probably one of my greatest disappointments in life is that I don't still have it. <laughs> I would make freezicles tomorrow. I remember, and I, I don't know if we threw them out because of this or if it just over time we got rid of them, but because I use sometimes soda. Yeah. You know, as a kid, you don't always clean up after yourself. That's something. And at you as an adult, that happens. I understand that. But as a kid, sometimes <laughs> I wouldn't clean up after myself. So I'd leave the, the molds out on the kitchen table. And then if there was any leftover um, stuff that melted, it would be all that syrupy, gross, kind of sticky. So we ended yeah. up throwing them away. So it was probably my fault that uh, they got thrown away in the first place. Oh, man. That's just yeah. brutal. Yeah. I'm sure that, you know, mine got thrown away. Yeah, I'm sure eventually the molds broke. I mm-hmm. mean, they weren't, uh, you know, high quality plastic or anything. <laughs> um, but I, man, I wish I had those today. And now it makes me want to search eBay just was, talking about it. I was just going to say all these things that we're talking about that we had as kids, I'll bet we'll be able to find on eBay if we really wanted to find them. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, uh, one of the other things that I had as a kid, and there were a couple of different versions of this. Was you know, remember those boxed Halloween costumes? Oh yes, where they would come mm-hmm. in various sizes, and they all had a mask that had the rubber yep. band you put around your yep. head. Um, I had a Spock one that I think I wore three years in a row, <laughs> and I mean the uniform shirt didn't look anything like 
no. Star Trek. No. Nope. I mean, it had sort of blue sleeves and blue pants. Mm-hmm. And the shirt itself kind of like had a yellow collar. Mm-hmm. and had like a, a big circle with Mr. Spock on it. And the Starfleet Delta almost looked like it had a baseball in the middle. I had the same one. <laughs> I had the same outfit. And I'll tell you what, these these memories, when we're typing these things up, the memories of the things. I don't remember the uniform itself other than it did not look like a Starfleet uniform. Uh, but what the things that I remember for the for the outfit itself is we used to have so much fun getting those hot dots we called them the reflective yeah. little circles and we would just put them all over the uniform because we need we were going to be out in them at then we trick or treat was the, the, at nighttime back in those days so we needed to have reflection uh for car lights and stuff like that but also the mask because you said it was just a plastic mask you would sweat in it so it would be all like kind of like clammy on the inside after a little while but the little mouth had just a little tiny mouth that you could just barely get the tip of your tongue out through and I would just be sticking my tongue yep. out through the thing all night long. Those are the things I remember. And when you say it was just a band, it was literally the mask had an elastic band stapled on both sides of its head, and you would put that over your head. That's all it was. It came in a box with the cellophane so that you could see through it. It was a cheap cellophane. You could, like, poke your finger through it. Those were the days, man. Oh, <laughs> to be a kid back in the 70s again. They were the worst Halloween costumes on yes. the planet, but mm-hmm. I mean, that was what the deal was, right? You go yeah. to your local department store and they would just have rows of these mm-hmm. boxes. And the closer you got to Halloween, the more like chaos that aisle looked like Yeah, because people would just rip apart the boxes looking for what they were looking for. Yeah. And those elastics on those masks always broke. Always broke. It, it was, if I remember correctly, it was Child World at the Nashville Mall where we would go to get yes. our, our trick or treat outfits every every year when I was a kid. Wow. Oh man, that's a, <laughs> a blast from the past. Well, I've named two now that you've had. So why don't you tell me about one you had as a kid that uh, that you enjoyed? One of the ones that I had a, as a kid, I remember the way that our house was. We had it was kind of like a three level split house, and and the bedrooms were upstairs. The living room and dining room was on the middle floor, and then downstairs was what we called the playroom, and that was the kids' place. To, all our toys were down there, and my brother and I used to turn that into like a battle zone all the time because we had the Star Trek tracer guns when we were kids no. the the fly, the gun that shot the flying discs out of it and back in those days you could use things that would harm other kids and it was still okay they didn't ban them like they do like lawn darts and stuff like that nowadays so we would have these these intricate things built up in the middle of the of the playroom floor like 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 the rocks and everything that Kirk and Spock would be hiding behind in, in episodes. And we would have those guns and we would try to ricochet them off the back wall to try to hit you in the back of the head and stuff like that. <laughs> I used to, and I can distinctly remember the clicking sound and the whiz that it would make when, when the, when the uh, disc would, would fly out of the gun. I, we had a blast with those for a lot of years. I'll tell you that. I remember those and I never had them. But, oh, man, I wanted them. I mean, mm-hmm. what kid our age didn't? Right. Yep. You know, because they just look like fun. I mean, you know, as it was, I'd go outside and play Star Trek with whatever I had available, you know, and I'd always be Kirk, and my sister would always have to be like Spock or something, and she just didn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, man, oh, I wished I had had that. That would have been so awesome. One of the things I liked about it is is I wasn't a big fan of, of toy guns growing up. Not, not a lot. Because, A, you know, you had the cap guns or you had the Wild West guns. They didn't do anything. These, you actually got to, like, project things and, and shoot things at people. So I really, I really had, fun, uh, had fun with those. The other thing that I had, Bill, that I always loved, and I regret 
so much that I still don't have this is I had the Star Trek fold out bridge set when I was a kid, the one that was made out of that like plastic and it opened up and you had the bridge and off to the side was the transporter and stuff like that. I only had, if I remember, if remember correctly, I only had like one or two Star Trek figures. So I used to use other figures when I would play it with it. Hmm. That was something that I was loving. It had a handle on the top and it always seemed to be like caving in on itself. And right now, as I talk about it, I can smell that plastic that that toy yeah. was made out of. And it would split on the on the creases where, where it would fold in. That was something I, I just, I treasured when I was a kid. I think it was my brother's that I kind of took. <laughs> I think, but that's I something that. that I had. Yeah, that's something that I had that I used to have a lot of fun with. Did you have that? No, I. You <laughs> kidding me? I wanted that in the worst way. <laughs> I um, I they reissued that um a handful of years ago. Like they made a, a replica, and uh, I want to say it was Think Geek that did it, or maybe somebody else. Huh. And that thing was like seventy five bucks, man. Uh, it was expensive and I came yeah. this close to buying it <laughs> and I should have because now they're making new Mego figures, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, oh, but no, I wanted that like you wouldn't believe yep. that, uh, I, that one made me super happy. <laughs> if I remember correctly, I think things like that would come out. We see it nowadays. Things come out in like packs. So there was this Star Trek foldout one. And I think at the same time, my sister got like a Barbie one or something like that. It was basically the same thing, but it had just another, another genre splatted on it. Um, so it was kind of neat. So she got her thing and, and, and Don, or I can't even remember if it was him or I who got it, had our thing, but oh yeah, we used to love getting stuff like that for Christmas. Those, those are the days. The Malibu Barbie bridge set. <laughs> I, yeah. Except, yeah. Who knows? But yeah, I don't remember what it was, but I remember that she had one also. Um, and we used to actually um, interchange the the figures and toys between the two of us when we were playing with them when we were growing up. Yeah. Wow. I used to go to my, my local corner store. And back in the 70s in Manchester, it was Lucky Superette on Valley Street. Um, and, you know, some kids would collect baseball cards. Some kids would collect... Uh, you know, other types of things. I collected the Star Trek trading cards they had Oh wow! because they had them back then. And they mm-hmm. had that horrible bubble gum in there. That sort of petrified rectangular strip of bubble gum that Ugh. had no taste after about 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the cards would essentially be photos from each of the episodes. Yeah. And, you know, I would buy, you know, back, I think a, a pack back then was five cents. Um, and I would walk in with a quarter and I would buy five packs, you know, I'd ask my mom for a quarter and she'd give it to me and I'd come back and I would get, you know, five packs of Star Trek cards. And I, uh, I, I, I would go in at least once a week and buy those cards. Wouldn't it drive you crazy when out of three packs, like you had seven of the same card? Oh my God. Absolutely. <laughs> drive you crazy. Yep. Oh yeah. But you know, back then they started to have cards from like other TV shows. Like there were Charlie's angels cards, mm-hmm. you know, and they were cards for movies. So like they were alien cards. I remember right. those. Yeah. And those were just, those started to be a big business back then. But yeah, I collected those Star Trek ones. Like it was nobody's business. That's awesome. I, I wrote down one other thing that, that I, that I said that I had, but you know, the more I think about it, I don't remember if I had this, but seeing it, made me remember stuff. So I just might have forgotten about it, or maybe I'm just working where I saw it on TV into it. But there's a, there's a great episode of the big bang theory where um, Sheldon is talking to a action figure of Spock and Leonard Nimoy lent his voice in this episode. It's a great episode. And he's got the transporter 
that he yes. doesn't want to open because I, I gotta say, I think I had that as a kid, but I'm not positive because when that episode was on, it start I started getting flashes of stuff of when I was a kid playing with toys. And I'm wondering if it's because I had that, I just haven't been able to remember it. Or if I was just like, Oh really? I wish I had that. So maybe I'll just make up memories. I don't know. <laughs> it's just one of those things. But um, I, I, I kind of remember that when I was a kid. Now seeing that on big bang theory, I want one. I want one, <laughs> but I want one. <laughs> I want one. Um, yeah, there was so many, so many cool things back then. I honestly don't remember if, uh, if I ever saw an ad for just the transporter, I can believe it existed. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I, yeah, I honestly don't remember. Yeah. I, I remember the bridge set because that commercial was always on TV. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Oh, that would have been so amazing. Oh my God. Yeah. The other, the other things that I had that I can remember when it wasn't so much when I was a kid, it was when I was older and, and, and let's put it this way. I had a few things that we've talked about here as I was a kid, really the bridge fold out place. That was the one thing that I really remember, but I was not a huge star Trek fan when I was a kid who would play with toys all the time that my fandom started later. So I didn't have a lot of toys when I was growing up that I, that I really remember playing with. But as I got into Star Trek, after the movie started coming out, I really started doing stuff like models where you, you know, not just the snap models, but the ones that you had all the pieces that were on those wire frames and you had to get an exacto knife and slice your finger open in order to get them. I remember spending hours and hours and hours when I was a young teenager doing those models and hand painting every link little single um, uh, square of the enterprise D's hull with a toothpick in different shades of gray to make it really look like it did on the show. Um, Star shuttlecraft Galileo Klingon battle cruiser enterprise one seven Oh one from the, uh, the refit enterprise, all those models. I used to love doing those when I was growing up. I never had the patience to do those. I mean, I could assemble them just fine, yeah. but the whole painting thing was just beyond me. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I just lack that particular skill or that patience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I question, I, I've thought about doing it now as an adult and I, I have the same fear. It's like, I have a feeling I'm just going to botch this. <laughs> here's, here's the most frustrating thing that, that was that I had to deal with when I was doing those models. I didn't mind doing the painting with toothpicks, literally with yeah. toothpicks. Hours and hours. And I remember getting neon paint to do the inside of the warp nacelle um, on the Enterprise D, like a oh, bright wow. orange or something like that. Orange or blue. I forget what it was. The thing that would drive me crazy with these models is they came with decals. And in order yes. to put the decals on, you had to cut them and then wet them and then put them on and hope that they didn't fold together and get stuck. That is what drove me crazy because I could never get the decals right. That would, and then they would peel after they dry. They'd start to peel up a little bit, and yeah, that would drive me nuts. Hated decals. Uh, I can remember having a a a race car toy that was actually a a a, um, a carrying case for other Matchbox cars. Yes. And it had decals that had to be applied to the side of like, you know, fake corporate sponsors or whatever. Mm -hmm. My father Mm -hmm. put those decals on and he swore with every single one that went on. (laughs) Um, So that pretty much taught me at an early age. I don't know that I have the patience for that because I know he didn't. (laughs) I don't have the patience for you, but that's, yeah. So I can. Hey. Sorry. Hey. Sorry. So of these collectibles we had as kids, do you still have any of the ones that you 
had in your life at that nope. in that era. Really, I don't think so. I, I, one of the things I didn't mention is the Star Trek blueprints. Oh I, yeah, I I may have them somewhere. I just don't know where they are. If I do, um, I haven't seen them in decades. So they may be stored somewhere with a bunch of like my Star Trek novels and things. But um, yeah, all the toys uh, or the toys, the models, all the models didn't make it through years of, of, uh, you know, just, you know, putting them somewhere they get damaged or whatever. All gone. The, the, I have no idea what happened to the bridge fold out set. Uh, yeah. All, uh, none of that stuff. None of it. Which is too that's bad. That's brutal. Mm-hmm. What about you? So, uh, so you had an enterprise at some point that you damaged. Is that what I'm hearing from you? <laughs> damage my own stuff all i want i would never damage <laughs> no. somebody else's yeah way to go super fan um yeah. no i don't have <laughs> i don't have any of the things that i had as a kid i wish i had the freezicles i just looked on ebay while we were talking and there there are no freezicles on ebay oh so that's awful yeah uh, because i would have gotten into a bidding war for that um <laughs> but the halloween costume i wish i had yeah. the, the mask for the halloween costume yeah um uh, but i I definitely don't have the Star Trek trading cards. Um, apparently, they, they were rare. Um, uh, you know, th- there would be like five cards and a sticker and a piece of gum. The stickers I would put all over everything. I, I had a sure. bicycle that had like the <laughs> Telosian Keeper on there and Baylock and the Enterprise. And I used to annoy my mother to no end that I would just put these things on my bicycle. But um, <laughs> I wish I still had those, man. Oh, my God. Um, simply because, uh, you know, it's, it's a connection to my younger Trekkie self right. on some level, you know, it's a, it, it's how my fandom started. And, and here's the thing that's interesting. You, you look at, you know, like movies like 40 year old virgin where he collects all these things, but he doesn't want to take them out of the packaging because it, it takes away the value. That's not why I would want these from my childhood. No. I'd want them for that connection that you just said, bring you back yeah. to your childhood and those memories of, of first loving the original series when it was just known as Star Trek back then. Oh, I know that's, <laughs> it's, it just makes me smile thinking about these things, but you know, there, I'm sure were other things we wished we'd had because I mean, there were all kinds of, uh, of products out there. I mean, I'm sure you wanted a star treculator. Um, that's not ringing a bell. <laughs> I'm going to have was, to look that one up now. That was a calculator that was star Trek themed. I would love that right now, actually. You see, <laughs> as you're, as you're typing it up, yeah, because math is very hard. Well, um, yeah, I would like that. So thank you for for pointing it out. But one of the things that I would like, and we actually touched on this a little bit at the beginning, is the skydiving Star Trek parachutes, the Mister Spock with the parachute. I used to, for some reason, love those when I was a kid, and not just the Star Trek ones, any of them. No idea why, because they never effing worked. Yeah, I would <laughs> throw it up, and they were all twisted up, and the parachute never worked, and it would just fall down and then like that. But they had the Star Trek version, one of those things where they just took a toy, they slapped the label Star Trek on it, and sold it as a Star Trek product. I always wanted a Mr. Spock skydiving Star Trek parachute figure. I never did have one. Wow, I'm stunned by that. Um, <laughs> I, I never wanted one of those. <laughs> For some reason, I just always thought those were kind of cool. Maybe I liked parachutes when I was a kid. I don't know. You know what I did want is there was this die-cast metal enterprise that was about, I want to say about eight inches long. And it was durable. I mean, it was hardcore. I mean, you felt the weight of this thing. And it was made by a company called Dinky Toys. And it was uh, a USS Enterprise that fired photon torpedoes, which were these yellow or orange plastic discs from the, the very front of the saucer section. 
a bit and the, the 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 firing mechanism was the bridge which would rotate it was pretty cool and there was a shuttle bay on this this enterprise that instead of being at in the aft section where the shuttle bay actually was it was almost mm-hmm. like a couple of bomb bay doors that opened oh. on the bottom of the secondary hall and this orange little shuttlecraft would <laughs> would drop out i mean you know you could pop it back in there and close the doors and but uh, I knew someone who had one of these. And as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh, it's the Enterprise. I want that. Yeah. And I never had one. Yeah. Uh, I want to say it came out in the mid-70s, like 76. So back when T- I mean, when uh, TOS was in the height of syndication, mm-hmm. back when we would have just become fans. And I wanted this thing like you wouldn't believe, man. It was like my 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 white whale, my unicorn. If if I could have gotten my hands on one of these things, I absolutely would have. That sounds awesome. But diecast metal enterprises do not go well with you. We'll get into that later. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> no wait. I have one that we're going to talk about later that I've had for thirty years. So you can shut your mouth. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, when I was growing up, I I used to love having toy sets where you had to like build stuff or, or, or it was like these landscapes so that you have these adventures and you'd have action figures. And I remember that they had come out with this one and it was the mission to gamma six playset. And it was, yeah. it was a mountain and there was like some green lava that came out of it. And it's one of those things that you just, you know, I, if I remember correctly, you could put a, you could put a figure in a certain spot and then there was a little button in the back that you could, it was a spring load and you could send the person flying or something like that. Those are the type of play sets that I really enjoy playing with when I was a kid. And that's one that I, I never had that I wished I had um, because those were, those were the things that kids played with in the seventies, those type of things, a lot of action figure stuff, a lot of, a lot of um, um, uh, imaginative things where you could just like, you'd be sitting there playing uh, outside or maybe in your room and you'd just be having conversations with the characters and you'd be a voice and then you change voice and be another character and just spend hours and hours just playing with this plastic set of a giant mountain on gamma six. I would have loved to have had that. I remember that it, the, you know, the, the sort of cave entrance almost looked like a uh, vol. Yes. Yes, it did. Yep. Um, it was very reminiscent of that. Um, I, I remember that big time. I would have, lo- I remember seeing the commercial to that as a kid um, I would have loved to have had that. Mego had just had so many amazing products back then. Right. That just spoke mm-hmm. to me. Um, I can only hope that gets reissued because if it does, I will buy that in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. That, uh. I love stuff like that. It just it makes me wish I was, you know, 10 years old again. <laughs> <laughs> well, mental you are. So, I mean, Thank you're, you. all, you're halfway there. Yeah. yeah. I keep walking into these things. I know. Uh, it's It's the drugs talking. Yeah. Well, I know that there's one other thing that I think both of us wanted to have as kids and both of us want to have as, as, as adults, Bill, we've yeah. seen it, uh, at STLV, our good friend Dayton Ward has a great picture of himself with one. Yeah. And that's the Star Trek Spock helmet. <laughs> I want one of those in the worst way. Such um, a stupid helmet, but so much wanted. <laughs> oh, it, it's like it's like one of the most wanted items in in collectibles. Uh, the one that Dayton had on his head belonged to somebody else that made a custom version of it for you know an adult. But yeah. the kid one is is one I would absolutely kill to have. Yeah. Um, it's dumb. It's got like a, a, a like a one of those <laughs> red emergency police lights on the top. And oh my it's God. got an antenna and it's got a visor that comes down. It's a white helmet. says Spock on the side because <laughs> you know you want your name on the side of your head. Right, uh, right. <laughs> but 
that thing is just so absurd, but so cool. <laughs> it is. It is. And 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 I remember I remember seeing Dayton with it at STLV, and I'm like, what the I think it was STLV. Like, what the heck is that thing? I I, I don't remember it from when I was a kid, but once we saw it and I've done research on it, it definitely is one that I would have wanted to have when I was younger had I known about it. Oh, I would have too. Um it, it just it looks so and they had a, the chin strap is really what sells it. Yeah, that's absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're a good you know, boy. Yeah, when you're beaming down on your landing party mission, you want that that emergency light so people can see you coming from a mile away. Um, so that wasn't on TAS or anything, not animated series. That's never been seen in Star Trek. That's just a nope. helmet that somebody put on and said, okay, you go put your helmet on and play Star Trek. Pretty much. There was an episode of the Underdog cartoon series where uh, the Simon Bar Sinister created some some evil um, telephone booth that when you walked in, you became evil and were under his control. And yeah. you had a red, that red um, uh, strobe light thing on top of your head when you came out and it happened to underdog. And I was really scared. Total tangent. I remember that. I wanted to bring that in. <laughs> I totally remember that. God, yeah. all coming on the underdog podcast in 2029. Um, now, when I would play Star Trek, um, what I wanted was the Star Trek utility belt. Because oh. it was like this landing party belt that you could put on. It came with a phaser. It came with a tricorder. And it came with a communicator. And, you know, you could role play all you wanted to and, and go outside and pretend you're beaming down to a planet. I wanted one of those in the worst way. I never got one. What I used instead was in the late, uh, mid to late 70s, there was a, a toy water gun that came out called the Cosmic Liquidator. And it was... <laughs> a water pistol that had a hose that attached to a reservoir you would wear on your belt. Oh my God. So I would pretend the gun was a phaser, even though it looked nothing like a phaser. I would pretend the water pack was my tricorder. And then for my communicator, I think I used just a couple of pieces of cardboard that I taped together. Um, <laughs> that was my Star Trek landing party playset. Uh, I didn't have a utility belt, but man, I wanted one in the worst way. And when I couldn't have one, I made do with what I had. <laughs> because, of course, you have to remember the utility belt that was used on every landing party that was on TOS. Well, but in season one, they sort of have those yellow belts that they put on before they had the Velcro strips on the back of their pants. Yeah, but it didn't look like that, did it? No, nothing at all. Oh, no, there you like go. See? Black Point. plastic. <laughs> but still, um, you'd have a communicator and a tricorder and a phaser, so that's still cool. Exactly. With, yeah. of course, the Star Trek logo on it because, you know, that's marketing. What, mm -hmm. what about uh, what about you? Any What other ones did you wish you had as a kid? You know, it's I'm not really sure. There was there was a whole lot looking through lists as, as I was preparing for this that, that really stood out. Um, I was, like I said, I was really big into the models. That's really what I really liked yeah. doing back then. And I never, I mean, some of the model sets back in the day were huge. And that mean that they were really expensive. So I could never, I could never afford to get them. I mean, I, we're, we're going to talk about one of the models that I have now that I'm working on that, that was, you know, a couple hundred dollars. But back then, a $60 model to a 12 year old kid is like a $500 model. So, I mean, you just couldn't do it. Oh my it. God. Yeah. Um, but I was big into that. Um, I know that they had Star Trek role-playing games back then. And I was yep. a little bit into D and D and tunnels and trolls back then. So that was something that I was interested in. I think my brother had a couple of the books that, but I never really started playing. 
Um, but then I don't want to say there's things that I would want to have because I actually had them. So I'll throw it in that category is the Nintendo games. Star Trek oh, interesting. Uh, Nintendo games. I had a couple of yeah, those like, I really enjoyed. Yeah. 25th anniversary and there was exactly. a CNG one. Yep. Um, yep. That's pretty fascinating. There was one other one I wish I had as a kid that came out in the late 70s. It was a Star Trek phaser battle game. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it, you know, the movie was in production, I believe, and uh, it hadn't come out yet, but um, this thing was like 50 bucks in the 70s. So, I mean, it was an expensive toy. And what you would do is, you know, you would use the sort of like joystick apparatus to zap these sort of red silhouettes of Klingon ships. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you look at it today, it's not unlike, uh, you know, something your optometrist has you look at to try to line up to tell if you have twenty twenty vision. <laughs> yeah. But um, back in the day, it was, you know, it was kind of a different game for that time. And as a kid, right. I wanted that big time. I mean, this is before we had arcade games. That's and really, that sounds cool. Yeah, and it was a tabletop thing, um, but there was no way I was ever going to get it as a kid. I mean, <laughs> that was the equivalent of asking my parents to buy me an Atari a few years later. Sure. And uh, yeah, but that was uh, that's the one that 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 got away, if you will. If there's one that got away, that I'm sure you can agree with. Um, we've already talked about our friend Dayton once, but as a teenager, the one collectible that I would love to have sitting in my basement right now, plugged in all the time, is the Star Trek Defense, whatever the hell that game is. Strategic Operations Simulator. Yes. Wow. Welcome yeah. aboard, Captain. Oh boy, the sit-down version with yeah. the hand, with the controls on the handles. Yeah, on the, yeah. On, the, on, the on the armrests. Yeah. They have yeah, one absolutely. at Fun Spot in Laconia, New Hampshire, mm-hmm. uh, and I went and played it on my birthday a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is still just as awesome as ever. We're gonna have to go there. We're gonna have to make a special trip because I want to play it now. <laughs> uh, let's do it. All right, road trip. Well, Dan, here we are taking time during the show to talk about our very dear friends at Fansets. And it seems that every time we turn around, they have yet another big announcement coming regarding their amazing pin products. And this week is no different, man. Along with the release of Mirror Landry earlier this month and the release of Tom Paris in just a few days, the folks at Fansets had not one but two huge announcements in the last few days. First, we are excited to learn that a line of pins based on the hit CBS TV series, The Big Bang Theory, will be coming soon, which I know you are incredibly excited about. Bazinga. Also, (laughs) Bazinga. This is not a Bazinga. And also, to coincide with the Netflix anime release of the new show, Ultraman, you can keep your eyes open for pins from that new show, as well as pins from the original series from the late 60s, which I think is awesome. That's really cool. I did not, I'm not familiar with the show from the 60s, but I'm going to be because, you know, Fansets is awesome. Uh, you know, the list of pin products just keeps growing and growing, and we're very excited to see all the new pins that are coming on the horizon. Like, oh, I don't know, Bill, maybe the next pin in the awesome Trek Tech series. Hmm? Hmm? Mm. Yes. That's right. For those of you who have already added the communicator and the tricorder to your collection, the third pin in the series will be coming soon and will be available at trekgeeks.com slash pins. So keep your eyes and your ears open for the release date. Now, I'm just going to tease you. I'm not going to tell you what this next piece of Trek technology is. But the featured pin in pin number three will be the first TNG Trek Tech pin. So keep your eyes and ears open for that announcement. Until we announce that pin... 
As a special bonus for Trek Geek listeners, if you would like to receive 15% off your entire order at fansets.com this week, even non-Star Trek stuff, simply enter the word VINA at checkout, V-I-N-A, all caps, no spaces. This code will be available until midnight on Sunday, March 17th at midnight Eastern, like I already said, so don't delay. Fansets, we are Star Trek, and we thank our friends at Fansets for sponsoring this week's episode. Dan, as we get back to our discussion on Star Trek collectibles, we're kind of going to drift into adulthood now. As much as as much as it was fun to reminisce about our younger selves, our adult selves have been able to geek out on a whole bunch of stuff ever since we turned 18, which is pretty amazing. The amount of Star Trek stuff has just increased year after year after year, thanks to you know the folks at, at CBS. Um, so I got to say in the early nineties, I was living in Denver and I was going around to every toy store possible to try to amass a complete set of all of the first wave of TNG action figures from playmates. So not only do I have that, I have a first set of all of the DS nine, all of the Voyagers. I have some of the ships. I have the wow. enterprise. I have deep, I had deep space nine. I have, you know, the, both the runabout and the shuttlecraft. I have a, a series of them, but I also have some of the old Gloob TNG action figures from season one, huh. um, which are hard to find. And they were not anywhere near as cool as the Playmates ones. But, um, and they're also their arms and legs didn't really bend. <laughs> <laughs> and they were holding phasers in their hands that looked like Dustbusters. So, like the season one phaser. And, uh, but the one item from that collection that's been on my desk since 1988 and you've seen it in my cubicle at work is my TNG diecast enterprise D mm-hmm. um, which I have had since then I picked it up in a, at a discount bin at a KB toy store for like four bucks and it's been on my desk since 1988 so uh, since then I've just started collecting toys which I still have on the card in storage bins uh, in my loft right now. That's awesome. See, it's funny. I used to like to play with the sets that had the action figures when I was a kid. And then when I was in my teens, not really collecting a lot of toys for Star Trek, because in those days there really weren't a ton of them. I had the Marvel universe characters, uh, figures, and I would set up elaborate things in my room with like Spider-Man on a web from the ceiling all the way across the room and all kinds of things. I had a table set up. I didn't have a lot of the Star Trek action figures. And as a result, I don't really have a lot of them now. I've never collected those as I've grown up. Um, I do have a great set of original series action figures that are still mint and unopened thanks to my wonderful podcast co-host who got me a whole bunch of them uh a couple of years ago uh which which are 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 very much appreciated and i will hold on to those forever um but as i've gotten older i've started to go down the road of of collectibles that are more i don't know if keepsakes is the right word display things yeah, other things yeah. that I, other things that I like more. Of course, of course, I have hundreds and hundreds of Star Trek novels. We've always talked about how I love the Star Trek novels here on the show, and and I just got so many of them. I'm starting to. I'll tell you what. When we moved from Maine to here, 
10 boxes was just Star Trek novels. I mean, it's like, <laughs> oh my God. So what I'm starting to do now is taking those and I'm actually rebuying them as Kindle novels so that I can have them digitally so that I don't have to have oh, wow. those carrying around all the time. Um, but yeah, just, I've got um, so many things. I mean, we could, we, you know, I don't want to, I want to hear about some of the things that you've got, but one of the things that I have started to collect for toys, so to speak, and I don't know if toys is the right word, but action figures is we met some, uh, some folks over at STLV this past year, the Titans, the people that make the Titans line of vinyl figures. Um, I really appreciate what they have done with their, uh, they have TOS and TNG, uh, little action, not action figures, but little vinyl figures available. And I, I've started to collect those and I really love the detail in those. So I've got like six or seven at work. I've got the Gorn, the Talosian, uh, Khan, Kirk and Spock and Chapel. And just recently I found the Amok Time Kirk and Spock and Kirk actually has the slice across his t-shirt with a little line of blood across the front of it, um, sitting on my desk. I just love those. I think they're great. And I like that as an adult, first, it's nice to be able to afford to buy these things now because we've talked about how we couldn't get the stuff when we were younger. But yeah. the stuff that's come out is such higher quality these days than they were back then. And people like us and fans of the show can really appreciate the amount of time, energy, and love that gets put into these products when they're released. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, you look at some of the action figures or collectible figures, as they're called now, they're, they're released like some of the new, uh, like the new Jean-Luc Picard one and the new Kirk one. And the detail on them is just amazing. They're like small mm-hmm. sculptures. I mean, the, the Playmates ones from the 90s are more cartoonish in a way. Yeah. Um, but these ones are, are, are serious recreations that are also really cool collectibles, which I like very much. Um, Going back to some of the other things I have, I, I don't know. If, did you ever collect any of the collector's plates? Oh, yes. I have a lot of those. I have storage. about, <laughs> yeah, I have about six or seven of them. And I was really sort of, some of them were given to me. Um, mm-hmm. Others of them were, were ones that I sought out. But um, I think I, I'm pretty sure I have a Spock one. You know, you'd see the ads in like TV Guide that mm-hmm. you would you know, tear out the card and you'd send it yes. in. I don't want to say it was like the Hamilton Mint or something like that. Hamilton Collection. And, yeah, Hamilton Collection. Thanks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I know I had the Spock. I don't know if I still have the Spock. Okay. Because yeah. that was the one that I loved so much. I have all of the original set of the TOS plates of all the crew members. All, all the, uh, you know, Kirk, Spock, McCoy, Scotty, Uhura, Chekhov, and Sulu. I think I have all those. I yeah. have the ship. And then they started coming out with episodic ones. Like I think they had a piece of the action. and, and those. Yep. I don't have all of those, but I have all the original crew ones. I have a bunch of the TNG ones. I think I have a um, uh, Best of Both Worlds one. I, I love those. Um, unfortunately, I don't really have any place to put them right now. So they're in there. I still have the original packaging that they came in. So they're all packaged and, and uh, they came to the new house on the move. But yeah, I, I had a lot of those. And those are some of the things that, you know, those are what they, what some companies used to suck you in. You know, you get one and then they're mm-hmm. going to send you one every month. And then I'm like, okay, I don't have any money to get these. And those are ones that I started um, collecting when I was a younger adult and didn't really have the ability to pay for them. So I didn't keep doing them. Yeah, I love them. I really like them. I also have a. This is something that was given to me about ten years ago. I have a stack of unused original McDonald's Happy Meal boxes from 1979. Uh, they are that was the first Happy Meal ever, and it was it came out in support of Star Trek: The Motion Picture. 
and I have them. They've never been folded. They are exist as single sheets. Wow. And yeah, somebody just gave them to me because they just didn't want the stuff anymore. Huh. And uh, I didn't know how much I would treasure that particular collectible until I had it. Because I remember as a kid going to McDonald's with my mom and getting a Happy Meal and getting the Star Trek box and going, oh, is that the same Star Trek? <laughs> because I didn't really have a uh, you know, foundation for, for mm-hmm. it being you know the, the same thing until it was explained to me by my big brother. But yeah, wow. I want to say I have about a dozen of those still mint condition, still never folded. I don't know how this person got them, but I'm glad that I have them now. That's really cool. That's one of those unique things that, you know, I don't think too many people probably can say that they have that in their collection. So that's something you should feel pretty proud of, man. Um, one of the things that I started collecting when I started collecting were the Franklin mint sculptures. Mm. I, the, the pewter sculptures. I really yeah. like, of course, of course I have the die cast enterprise one seven Oh one, which we know all too well. Don't we bill? Um, we won't talk about that one, but the pewter ones are the ones that I really wanted to talk about because I just, I, I loved what they did with them. I've got the enterprise with the red jewels for the warp engines and they have little gold oh, wow. accents. Um, the, my favorite one, which I'm going to hold up right here for you to see on camera. This thing is heavy. This is the defiant that came out. One of the last ones I got, this thing is huge. Um, the Defiant from Deep Space Nine, I'm talking about listeners, not the uh, Defiant from the Tholian Web um, or uh, the uh, Mirror Universe Enterprise episode. I also have a Klingon Battlecruiser, uh, a Romulan Bird of Prey. Um, I loved the Franklin Mint series. There's tons of other ones out there that I've not, never gotten. I know you can get a Romulan bird, uh, Romulan Warbird from TNG. You can get, of course, the Enterprise 1701D. They even have the... Remember that stupid Borg ship that uh, was in orbit over the planet that when, when Lore took over the Borg, that yeah. dumb-looking thing? They even have yeah. that as a pewter sculpture. Um, oh, my God. So I used to really love the Franklin. It's too bad they don't do them anymore because I love the Franklin Mint stuff. Uh, and I remember the Enterprise one when that came out. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted that Enterprise Franklin Mint ship like you wouldn't believe because it just you're right the the red caps on the nacelles, the gold yeah. accents on the on the saucer. I mean, on the yep. uh, on the uh, deflector dish, it yep. was just fantastic. Um, and the bases were in the shape like the 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 Enterprise base is the Starfleet logo. The Deep Space Nine Defiant is the DS Nine communicator badge. The Klingon Bird of Prey is the Klingon logo, and it, it, I loved how they did them. Really, really nice. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. One of my one of my most treasured pieces is one that was destroyed in a flood and I got a, a replacement copy on eBay that was in slightly better condition. Uh, but it was the Franz Joseph Starfleet tech manual that came in sort of a vinyl uh, oh, portfolio yeah. mm-hmm. um, and, you know, was published in the seventies and essentially gave you all the detail about uh, all the TOS ships and the uniforms yeah. and it had some color insert pages mm-hmm. uh, for the uniform stuff, which was pretty interesting. But man, I, when my brother gave that to me, I was, I was on cloud nine. I was heartbroken the day I found it at the bottom of a puddle. Oh. Um, uh, and just, I, uh, I was, I was depressed for days. Um, the one I have now, I'm happy I have, I know it's not the same one, mm-hmm. but I'm glad that I was able to replace it because that's one that really meant a lot to me growing up. Yeah. And it may not be the one my brother gave me, 
but it still evokes those same memories of him introducing me to Star Trek, which was really what was the most important part to me because my brother's been gone now for God for over 20 years. So wow. um, I, I was glad I was able to replace it. That was one that meant a lot to me. You lost a lot of things in that flood that was Star Trek related. I did. I lost a whole yeah. bunch of Hallmark ornaments. I lost mm-hmm. uh, I lost uh, a whole series of collectibles that, that I'd had. I lost a whole bunch of books. Uh, all my Star Trek hardcover books, which I had, mm-hmm. um, because I used to, I had a, a pretty decent collection of hardcover ones. Uh, but yeah, I was, I was super bummed about that flood because I lost a whole bunch of stuff. Speaking of Hallmark, that's one of the things that I really love is I have every Hallmark Starship ornament since the first one came out in the nineties. Every wow. single year I get, I get it. It's kind of a tradition for a number of years now, my my uh, nephew has gotten me the the ornament for a Christmas present. Um, he's my godchild, so it's kind of like the Godfather um, present every year. So I have all of those, uh, which I really love. And and as I've gotten older, I've really appreciated, like I said, the things that have like display stuff. Like, of course, we talk about them every week on here in Discovering Trek. My fan sets collection, I treasure my fan set collection of pins. Yes, I don't have all of them yet. I'm going to have all of them eventually, but. It's really great. It's stuff that I really like to show off and and tell people about. The other thing that I've really started enjoying, and I, God, I wish I could do it for every single ship that they do, is Eagle Moss. The ships that they have been putting out are just so yeah. good, and and I don't have the room for them. But every time I go to their site, every time we talk about them when we, when we have them as a sponsor, and every time I go to the site, I see new ships that I like and I have to have. Like last month, I bought five in one one swoop, and it's like, <laughs> good lord, I can't do this. Um, but they're just so good. That the, the the products that they that, that have been put out over the years have just gotten so much better. The attention to detail is there. You can tell that the people that make these things have the love of, of Star Trek and that's what makes it important to me. And those are, those are two examples of, of uh, current collections that I'm doing that I see doing for a long time. The, the last uh, item I want to call out from things I own now is probably my most treasured piece and I talked about that flood a little bit ago where I lost the, the Starfleet tech manual. The only hardcover book of mine that survived the flood and was absolutely dry was my signed copy of I Am Spock by Leonard Nimoy. Nice. It's awesome. the only hardcover that I had of the hundreds of hardcover books that I had mm-hmm. that survived the flood. I don't know how. I don't know why. But I'm not questioning it because I still have that book, and it truly is the most the most important thing, Star Trek related that I own. Mm-hmm. I uh, it's uh, it's something that 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 I'm glad survived because I would have been a wreck had it been yeah. lost. You know, that's, because that's awesome. Now, mm-hmm. especially now, there's no opportunity to get another one. Right. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm glad. I don't have I don't think I have any autographed uh autographed books of of any of Leonard's or 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 Bill Shatner's. I'll have to double check. I do know that I have the the signed CD um yep. of of him and and John Delancey's uh reading of oh god, I forget what it was, but we went and, and met him at a bookstore to get That's that where I got that copy of I am Spock signed. Oh, okay. You nice. you were with me that day. Okay. I forgot about that, but that's 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 kind of funny. Um I got a couple other quick things I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. hit on um, the mega blocks enterprise one seven Oh one. I got a couple of years ago. It's like the 1700 oh, piece yeah. one. Absolutely love that. I'm not done. I you can see it behind me on camera. It's uh, <laughs> yep. still in space dock. The warp nacelles aren't done yet. I love that. 
But for my favorite collectibles, I got to say, um, we were talking about Franklin Mint a little while ago. I have the glass Franklin Mint chess set, not tri-dimensional chess, a regular chess board where it's Federation against Klingon and Romulans, gold and silver. The board is like a galaxy and it's kind of tiered. It's very, very nice. I've had that forever. Um, I got to say, my Lee Sergeant Captive Pursuit drawing that you got me for Christmas is one of my most cherished collectibles and will always be. It's absolutely fantastic. This My last one, which is my favorite collectible, some people may say that's not really a collectible, Dan, but to me it is because it's something that I never have to worry that I will lose or that it will be destroyed or that I'll forget about, and that's my Deep Space Nine tribute tattoo that I have on my arm. That's number one for me. There's always reasons why people can collect things that they love about Trek. And if you collect it by putting it on your body for the rest of your life, still a collectible to me. Plus it's always with you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, something of Star Trek is with you all of the time, which I think is, is pretty cool. I mean, uh, uh, there's no top in that, but you know, there are some items out there. I'm sure that you and I have always wanted and still want to this day. Um, and, uh, some of those items I had as a kid are definitely things I still want, <laughs> but, um, I, you know what? I have always wanted a really kick-ass high quality, uh, TMP era enterprise with lights. Yes. I've always mm-hmm. wanted that. Well, like ever since your, TMP came ship. out. Yeah. That's yeah. your ship. That's your favorite version of the enterprise. So yeah, with lights and with sounds maybe. And, oh yeah. And, I don't. I don't care about the sounds, but mm-hmm. I definitely want the lights because I want okay. it to look, you know, like I want the warp missiles to light up and I want, you know, you see the, the lights in the windows and I, uh, I, I don't have the skill to do that myself. <laughs> I'm going to be honest right now. Um, well, but you know, I would have to spend some serious cake to get the one I want. I got to tell you, we were talking about models that I would build when I was, when I was younger and one of the models that I had was the TMP Enterprise. And when I'm talking, when I was talking about how much I hated doing the decals, I distinctly remember the red United Federation of Planets oh. was along the secondary hall because I had to get it straight. And if it dried before I could straight, oh my God, that would just drive me nuts. So I'm not doing it for you. <laughs> um, and then I'm going to run through a, a couple of others real quick. I've always, I want one of the discovery phasers. Oh, they're so nice. Those things are so badass. And then I still want a Wrath of Khan uh, Monster Maroon uniform. I've loved that uniform ever since I saw Wrath of Khan, and I love it in each of the successive movies. It just looks pretty cool to me. Um, I've always wanted one of those, and someday, someday I'll have one. But uh, those are really the ones that that I really still want now. Uh, So what about you? What's on your, your wish list? Mine are a little... Some may think of like, like, really? Those are kind of weird. But I agree with you. I definitely someday want to have a Monster Maroon uniform. I also want a Khan uniform with the with the broken Starfleet necklace and, and the glove with the wires coming out of it. And I just always thought that that was really, really cool um, when, uh, when um, uh, Ricardo Montalban wore that off. And, of course, I'm not going to have the chiseled chest that he did, but uh, that's, that's okay. Um, the other thing that I want, and, and I could get it right now if I wanted to. I just haven't pulled the trigger on it, is over on ThinkGeek, they have this TOS lamp. It's a regular desk lamp. But the base of it is the bridge of the Enterprise. They also have a TNG version available where you got the horseshoe bridge. But the the TOS bridge, there's just something about that bridge that will just always be my favorite bridge. Um, And that would look perfect right behind me here in my my, uh, 
uh, Trek Geeks podcast studio, I think. So I really would like that. And the other thing that I would like to put in here, but I don't know if it would be able to go here in the podcast studio because it would be very noisy, is years ago, my wife and I got a cuckoo clock from the Danbury Mint, and it was a Disney World one. It was great. It had it was white and it looked like the castle and it had a little mural of a whole bunch of characters. And at the top of the hour, Tinkerbell would come out of the cuckoo clock part and there would be a little Disney song that would play. They have a Star Trek version. It's the Danbury Mint. They have a Star Trek TOS one. And it's absolutely gorgeous. I would love to get that to put on display somewhere in this house because that, it's just that so would be cool. amazing. Yeah. I mean, those are just some of the things I thought of. and But those are the things that I'm like, you know, for display, I think that would be very cool. It would, uh, I do still want the old, uh, the, the, the recreation of the, the retro bridge playset, which was made by Diamond Select Toys and uh, was 60 bucks. 60 bucks a drop in the water. These days, yeah. <laughs> yeah, go get it. <laughs> uh, that might have to happen one of these days. Well, Dan, you know what else we want? So we want more five-year mission in our ears. We are so grateful to them for all the music they let us use here as part of Trek Geeks and, and also on Discovering Trek. We want everyone to head out to fiveyearmission.net, download all their albums, you know, collect those because they are worth collecting, quite frankly. Uh, year one, year two, year three, year four now, Spock's Brain, Trouble with Tribbles. Um they are just fantastic takes on the Star Trek you know and love. And it might make you look at an episode a little differently. I know it has for me and, and also for Dan. So that's fiveyearmission.net. Score yourself some albums, yo. I love five-year mission. I love watching episodes that make me think about five-year mission. Like the one I watched just, just today, being homesick, you know, bronchitis, throw a little TOS on. Return to tomorrow. You remember that one. You know it. I do. I love it. You love it. Hanok, Thalesa, uh, uh, the actress who slept with with Riker's father is, is in that one, of course. We all remember Diane Moldauer. <laughs> Diana Moldauer. We'll throw that in there. But of course, you know. Well, the actress yeah, didn't, can, but the, but the well, character did. We don't know that for sure, but we won't get into that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hanok and Thalesa. But of course, the possible father of our entire race, uh, because he does call us his children, Bill. You know what I'm going to say. I can see the look on your face. It's the all-powerful Fargon. He is there. Have no fear. Fargon is here. Yes. Uh, from the, That was from the outtakes. I wanted to throw that in there also. Fargon? Fargon. Fargon, take me away. Um, if Fark is our father, we got lots of problems. Oh, I didn't even think of that until just now. Let's just erase this whole... Computer, delete that entire captain's log. <laughs> <laughs> Computer, delete every farcism Dan has ever made. <laughs> no, hey, now, now. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So that's fiveyearmission.net. Uh, Dan's farcism aside, download all their albums. Please go do it. Of course, don't forget now you can support the Trek Geeks Network of Podcasts by subscribing to bonus content via Patreon. Get access to our carpool conversations, videos, and other exclusive content. See the first of our brand new annual supporters pins, which went out to, to patrons this week. Uh, that's such an amazing pin created by our friends at Fansets. And of course, check out our exclusive Podfleet t-shirt design along with so many other perks, Dan. Absolutely. And we also want to take a moment now to thank our associate pro producers for Trek Geeks. Uh, we are just so grateful for all of your support, including uh, Adam Sanders, Brandon Everidge, Harry Michelson, Heather Sohn, John Krikorian, Peter Craig, Rick Tatro, Trey Womack, Shane Murray, Sean Lynn, Tim Robertson. 
Mike Tim, how you doing? Tim Sardar, Vikram Bhatt, and Yancey Evans. Thank you so very much, associate producers. We love you. We also want to thank our Trek Geeks producers for their support. They are Ken Tripp, Casey Shafsky, Charlie Mulvey, Chris Trebuzio, Craig Ewing, Eric Extreme, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Leonel Marchan, Matt McGonigal, Mike Bovia, Norman Lau, Patrick Esquadero, Sean O'Halloran, and the lovely and talented Scott Vashon. If you'd like to become a producer on the network or even get access to the raw audio for Trek Geeks episodes, head on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks today. Dan, next week, we're going to take a look at first contact between Vulcans and humans. First contact? The movie? No. Nope. No, that's right, Bill. I kid. I jest. That's right. You know, some of you might be thinking that it might involve time travel to the Montana wilderness, because I kind of just threw that out there. But you'd be wrong, like I was. Instead, no, we're going to go back to the year 1957 to the state of Pennsylvania as we deep dive into Carbon Creek from Star Trek Enterprise here next week on your flagship of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. That's going to be awesome, Bill. I haven't seen this one in a long time, but I do remember when I saw it, I was like, wow, this is throwing Canonistas right off their ear. I haven't seen it since it aired. So really? I'm looking okay. forward to this discussion. Um, I, I I think it's going to be fantastic. Uh, I love I love to look at some Vulcans, and I, I, I've been on the record many times as saying I love T'Pol. Mm-hmm. I love Jolene Blaylock, and uh, this is an episode I think that really kind of is a nice extension of Star Trek canon. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about it next week here on the flagship. Of uh, course, for more great Star Trek podcasts, we want everyone to check out the Tricorder Transmissions online at the thetricordertransmissions.com. And of course, for all the news on all the Star Trek CEO, please visit our great friends at treknews.net. For now, this has been episode 170 of the Trek Geeks podcast. We do hope you all live long and prosper. When you're sliding into home and your pants are filled with foam, coconut. What? I don't know. It's, it's, I don't even know. Just just delete that. What? What? No, no we're not deleting it. I'm keeping it just embarrassed. <laughs> I don't. Me embarrassed? Really? Want to try that again, Sparky? Oh, yeah. If your face doesn't embarrass you, nothing will. There you go. Music for Trek Geeks is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing one song for each episode of the original series. Download their music at fiveyearmission.net. Trek Geeks, a Star Trek podcast, is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producer Bill Smith. For even more Star Trek discussion, check out Discovering Trek, a Star Trek Discovery Companion, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and discoveringtrek.com. Bing bong. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) That's my bing bong this week. Oh, yeah. That sounds great. You sound like me uh, about 10 days ago. At least I don't look like you. No, because I look. Uh, No, 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 no. Don't try to do that. I'm sexy AF, yo. Yeah, that's true. You are. You're looking very good. I like your little Patriot sweatshirt you got going on right now. Thank you. I love this sweatshirt. So so I I stayed home today because I wanted to get this over with once and for all. I haven't coughed all day. 30 minutes ago, I started coughing uncontrollably right before we get back in front of the mics. I, I, I don't get it. Don't are, you, are you allergic to Trek geeks? I'm not allergic to Trek geeks. I might be allergic to a Trek geek. Yourself? 
No, didn't say that. No. But you maybe did I not am, say it. I, maybe I, I'm okay. Maybe I'm allergic to you, Bill. It's like the Gilligan and Skipper episode of Gilligan's Island because you know we're going to do it. Well, thank God you didn't really do it. And that was fantastic. <laughs> Go ahead, finish it. <laughs> I'm waiting. That's it. No, that's no, not it. No, it went away. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just in the middle of conversation. I'm just going to be in mid sentence, and you're just going to go. Phew! No, I'll do it like Thursday at work or something. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be like, "Oh, you got me with that one." What a jerk! Yeah. So, so I was I was looking over your list of collectibles, mm. and uh, I'm fascinated that we have a little overlap. We do, but I, not I a lot. Cool. Nope, but not a lot. I'm really surprised by that. Yeah. Um, I, and, and I'll explain this. I mean, this is the outtake, so we're going to be talking about it, but you people will already have heard it. When growing up, when I was young, because I wasn't the Trek fan when I was really little, it was my brother. I didn't really have a lot of things. It wasn't until I started getting into it and really liking it when the movies came out, which was the late 70s, that I started liking it. And I didn't really collect a lot of stuff when I was younger. So that's why there's not a, a whole lot of stuff on there for when I was a kid. Well, no, that makes sense. I, yeah. uh, I grew up poor. I mean, mm. you know, I just didn't have a lot of stuff mm. in general that wasn't handed down. Yeah. It was like, you know, in the, uh, I talk about how I have the Starfleet technical manual that my brother gave me and I've had, I had that geez up until about six or seven years ago when it was destroyed in a flood. But, um, the only reason one. I had that is because my brother gave it to me. Yeah. I got to add one actually. I just thought of one. Okay. Um, yeah, let me type it in there right now. <laughs> do, 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 do. Okay. I'm loving it. Yeah, okay. That works too. All right. Good. Added. I got to look now. The Star Trek blueprints. It was in a little oh. folder with a little button clasp at the top. I had, the, had the United ones. It had the United Federation of Planets logo in, in blue with a black background. Yeah. And they were blueprints of different ships. Yeah. I had the TMP Enterprise blueprints. Yeah. Um, that were done in very similar fashion, and mm-hmm. I don't have those anymore either. God. Mm. All the stuff I've lost. Yes. Damn flood. Yeah. Yeah, well. Oh, I know another thing i got to add about what we have as adults. Jeez, I'm thinking of things as we go along. The entire, entire Hallmark collection. Oh, you have them all? I didn't realize all, that. Every, every single ship. I don't have all the characters, but yeah. I have every single ship since they started. Oh, wow. I didn't yep. realize that. Yep. Every single one. Now, do you have an interest in going back and getting some of the characters? No. I'm, I'm more the ship one, ship people. I've gotten some characters from time to time, but uh, the ships are the ones that I will always get. I forgot to put the ornaments on my list because I have those as adults too. And I've had to, because of that same flood, I've had mm-hmm. to get some of the other ones, as you well know. Yes. Um but uh, but yeah, well, I'll, uh, I'll probably I, I, chime in on that one. I'll talk about this again, so we'll bring it up uh, during the conversation. But I don't collect the figure ones because they don't look like the people. But some of them are really bad in how they some look. Some of them really just, don't. Yeah, some of them are good. Some of them are just horrendous. So I just stick with the ships. The Cisco one is fantastic. I don't have the Cisco one. Uh, I do. I have the seven of nine one, which somebody bought me as a gift when I was working at Fidelity at one point mm-hmm. and it looks okay, but there are other ones that just do not look right at all. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. There's one I think with Picard and data. Yes. That's one that looks horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the sculpting on that's absolutely terrible. Yep. Not a good job. Not a good no. job. Your face isn't a good job. Yes. No. 
Yes. Except that it actually is. My face is glorious. I'm looking at it right now, dude, and I really can't agree with you. Well, I'm considering the source because you're a miserable jerk. (laughs) Here we go. I'm going to be. I hope you choke. (laughs) You son of a beehole. Wow, that was a good one. Oh, I'm dizzy. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you fall over in your chair at any point, I'm just going to keep going. Okay, that's all right. Hopefully it won't happen. <laughs> or hopefully it does. Wow, that's really nice. That's what I love yeah. about you. Do you? Do you really? Yeah, I do. All right. You ready to do this there, uh, Jerkosaurus Rex? Let's do it there, Sizzle Bill. Sizzle Bill? Sizzle Bill. All right. All right there, sugar britches. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we're starting to drift into jerky boys territory. That's not good. Uh, no, that could be. All right, here we go.